Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hot chicks and sci-fi book picks. Say what pisses you off, tell us a joke about dicks. In the mix, you got the desk, not telling you where it's at. Stephen Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to Bone Bat. Podcasting your asses in nerdy, massive classes. Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses. Take your glasses off a set, I'm dropping bombs on your dome. In your home, pull your bootstraps up, it's time to burn chrome. Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes. Chewing on them curvy loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show. B-movie holy men, wombat metalhead. Politics, eh? Amen, independent artist friend, renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum, nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit, quick wit, crickets of the populace, Vulcan with some Romulus, rolling prime like Optimus. For man or beast. Here's the man, and here's the beast. Welcome to episode 172 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Well, it's going pretty darn well, Steve. We got a Kickstarter that's fully funded. We got a film festival that's happening. Yeah, the holiday season's in full effect. What more could you want? 
really nothing. I mean, I can't imagine of anything I'd rather have stuffed in my stocking. <laughs> nice. You know, uh, speaking of the holidays, we opened up the show with a Christmas tune from the one and only Kirby Crackle off his brand new release, the evocatively titled Stuck in a Human Centipede for Christmas. This is, uh, that tune was his version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a rockin' version that uh, I enjoy thoroughly. Uh, There's going to be a lot more holiday tunage coming at you as the show continues. I should hope so. You mentioned something about a film festival, man. Indeed, we're having one. Perhaps you've heard of it. The Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. That's right. Ninth edition. The uh, Uh, Kickstarter funded at, what, 123%? That's right, on December 14th. We uh, we stretched out our goals like a like an overstretched Christmas sock. We did. The uh, backers really came through this year. Uh, we broke records in uh, total money earned, uh, total number of backers, and total tickets sold by a large margin. So uh, it's very cool to see this kind of support and very exciting because uh, we are going to have a lot of great stuff to show the attendees on April 13th, 2019 at SIF Cinema Uptown in Seattle. It's kind of, uh, kind of a lot of responsibility, though, don't you think? I mean, now we really have to bring it. We really do have to bring it. I can't just, like, half-ass this thing. We never have before. I wanted to this year. This year I was like, this you know what? Year, I'm going to half-ass it. This is the year you were going to phone it in? Yeah, I was just, I was barely going to even show up. <laughs> Like, just show some old videos. I don't even, like, just point the browser at YouTube and project it up on the wall. You uh, mentioned stretch goals, man. Uh, We got some pretty cool stuff. Of course, as everyone should know by now, the Pine Box Boys are returning from San Francisco to uh, headline the event. Uh, They always put on a fantastic show, and we are thrilled to have the opportunity to have them play for us once again. And they're going to be doing a theme song for this year's fest gord i know our own personal theme song i mean we already have our own personal theme song but never done by the pine box boys no this is a whole never for this deal. film festival and i uh sent lester a message and asked him uh if he's got any ideas any theme song ideas cooking and this was his response yep it's forming in my brain like some unholy spawn that's the best way for things to form in his brain. <laughs> I love it. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, you know what else we're going to have? What Etched else? Are we mugs. Have? Mugs. That's Etched. right. Even fancier mugs than last year. The last Wait. year mugs were nice. They were etched. They were two tones. They be fancier than that. Red, little black. They had a although our logo etched in the side, but this is going to be a deeper etching. You you wanted it deeper? <laughs> You wanted it give deeper, it, you're going to get it give deeper. Give it to me deeper, Steve. That's, you're getting it Come deeper. Come on, etch it. Etch my mug. <laughs> Any deeper, and you'd be hitting liquid. That's all we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you etch a mug deep enough, and, like, liquid does come out. You'll just you'll spring a leak. <laughs> so we won't etch it that hard. No. We don't want to have to have, like, commemorative etched condoms to go over the bugs. Cause... And, uh... Finally, uh, thanks to GT Printing Equipment, they helped us bridge the gap. So we'll be able to provide our third stretch goal, a commemorative patch for all backers at the poster level and above. How cool is that? Yeah, batches of patches. 
patches. We don't need no stinking. Well, yes, we, we do. do. We do need yeah, patches. We need them. Yeah, because we promised them to people. Needing those for quite some time. So yeah, we'll have them. Nice. So yeah, yeah we've never had patches stuff. before. This is cool. Yeah, no, we're super excited. A lot more new stuff to come. So stay tuned here. Uh, things are going to get quiet after this episode. For the next month or so, as we start watching movies, uh, we're going to be working start. on our art <laughs> with Dusty Peterson to finalize our artwork for the T-shirts and all the great stuff that's coming. So, uh, yeah, we will stop bugging you, all of the uh, awesome backers uh, who have been very patient with our cajoling over the last uh, six weeks. Didn't we go to school with that guy? I think Don we cajoling. Did. Don cajoling, yeah. We're going to get into some more holiday music and all that good stuff, but first... Are we? Are we we're not going to talk about our last video, our video update, oh, our epic We, we should probably talk about this. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be so jazzed about this, but the Kickstarter videos that we did this year, we've always tried to do some stuff that was funny and kind of fit the theme of the comedy horror. But this year... We had a complete narrative running the entire Kickstarter campaign. I don't know if that's ever been done. My guess is maybe it's been done, but I don't know about it. But I just Never thought so that well. was pretty cool that we told a story. We did all the other stuff, too. We told the backers the things are coming, what to expect, kept the information flowing. But at the same time, we were both hijacked by aliens. I mean, the aliens took over the Kickstarter. Crazy stuff happened. And to, there to was see. was a probing. I, I don't know how it is that Gord is still here, but you either. can find out by watching the fourth Kickstarter update. And uh, it's a miracle I'm even sitting down. For I this gotta podcast. say, it's our finest work. We essentially did a 48-hour movie contest just for our Kickstarter. How cool is we that? We did. We had special effects. There was a there was a spacecraft. <laughs> we had effects. I don't know how special they were. Very special. <laughs> These were like that kind of special effects. Yeah. So even if you're not a backer, you should go and check out our Kickstarter videos. You, you'll be amused. I, I promise you, you will laugh at least once. I, I hope Maybe that, with us, maybe at us. I don't know. It could be either, but uh, I hope you have as much fun watching it as we had making them, because it was a good time. It was. Now, before we get to some music, uh, I wanted what? to ask, uh, you know, it's the holiday season and all, but there must be something that pisses you off. You know, I... I kind of hate the holidays, but uh, I'm not going to go with the holiday theme. What pisses me off this time? What pisses me off is the way my mouth gets ahead of me and I don't realize it until it's too late. And I'll give you an example of this. Here I was today minding my own business when my neighbor came over and she she is a widow. She still misses her departed husband. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And she comes over from time to time. When she suddenly needs help with something because uh, there's not a man in her house. And so she has to settle for me. And today she came over and she was upset because a bird had flown into her house and it was really freaking her out. And she couldn't get the bird out of her house. So I know this sounds like some made up story. I'm telling this. I swear to God, this is the truth. So I go, OK, yeah, I will help you get this bird out of your house. But I go over there and she's got this kind of great room with really tall ceilings and like it's like a story and a half tall room with the upper part of it is just windows all the way around. So it's just like the, a room of, of light and glass up high 
which is the kind of place a bird, if it's indoors, wants to go. And I have no idea how I'm going to get this bird out of her house. We open the doors to the room, and it doesn't want to fly down low where the doors are. It's just like flying around up high and bouncing off windows like a like this little feathery pachinko ball, getting more and more upset, which is getting her upset. I finally it, So you literally like, couldn't touch the bird with a ten foot pole. <laughs> right. I had a ten foot pole. I had one of those big like you dust for spider webs with if you have okay. a house with really super high ceilings. It's got this big fuzzy like like bristle brush, like really soft bristles on the end of it, like a goddamn gigantic Q tip. And you didn't necessarily want to massage the bird. No, I wasn't there for a bird massage. I'm not there to like clean its ears from a great distance. <laughs> get the thing out of the house. Uh, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I'm not a certified ornithologist. I, I'm not a bird guy. And so this thing eventually kind of gets into the corner where two windows sort of meet, and I, I'm able. It's, it's wearing out from all this flapping and bouncing, and, and I don't want it to get hurt. And I, I, I'm able to actually corner it, and I, I rest this enormous Q-tip atop the bird. So the big fluffy end is laying on the bird. But now what? That's like 10 feet so away from me. I'm holding the bird both. to the wall. Yeah, the, the corner, window corner. But yeah, essentially, I've got the bird pinned to the corner. Right where you want it, so to speak. Right where I want it, were I 10 feet tall, which I am not. So at that point, I realized, okay, I've, I've now You're succeeded not even in five multiple, feet tall. I'm not even four feet tall, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I get on my phone and I call my kid to come over. I'm like, hey, I'm so across what, the street. So what, he can stand on your shoulders? I didn't know. I told him to bring a ladder. So I'm not applying force, really, with this giant Q-tip. Or logic, I'm just, really. <laughs> no, I'm not applying the force of logic is what I was trying to say. <laughs> And so he comes over with the ladder, and I'm like, okay, you can do one of two things. You can either climb up the ladder and try to grab this bird with your hand, or you can just hold the pole like I'm holding. Very gently hold this giant Q-tip, and I'm going to go up the ladder and try to catch the bird. And so he opts for holding. He's, he's smarter than I am. He opts for just holding on to the, the giant Q-tip. And so... I'm trying to tell him where to put the ladder, and he puts it, like, right, of course, this house, it's not enough that it has to have a giant, like, vaulted ceiling. It also has to have, a like, a sunken room right next door to it. I'm like, don't put it right on that edge there, because <laughs> I, I didn't want to, like, you know, have the whole ladder fall down and me, right, like, yeah. smash my head on the tiles. Wait, wait, and, wait. Why didn't you, like any good father, send your son up on the ladder? <laughs> because I've seen that play. That was my growing up years. Okay, I'm trying sorry. to do better. <laughs> yeah, so I say to my son, I'm like, he's like, should I put it right here? And I'm like, no, don't put it right there. Jeez, you don't want to kill your dad just yet. And I look at the lady, and she immediately thinks of oh, her. No. Yes. I, I went from being a total hero doing this good deed to like seeing the words come out and like not being able to catch them there. It's too late. They've escaped. I'm like, bah! and then I had to like climb up the ladder in That's shame. That's so fucked because the only thing that you can do in that situation is violently kill the bird to change the <laughs> subject. <laughs> right. 
or the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, so I went up the ladder and I, I did. I caught the bird and I escorted it from the house. And luckily, she was so alarmed by this whole thing and she was so amazed that I actually had caught the bird that I, I think, like, after a minute or so, she just, you know, her, her mind moved on to other things. Or at least I'd like to think that. But you know what? That, that pisses me off that sometimes mm-hmm. I will just... I'll say something, it is too late, it doesn't matter how many birds you catch, you're still an asshole. That's me. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> pisses me off. Jeez, that pisses you know me what? off. And after I caught the bird, I took it outside and I like opened my hand to let it go, and it, it had fallen in love with my hand. It had just, like, it, I couldn't, I couldn't remove, it kept like grabbing onto my finger and trying to perch. It was really weird. <laughs> Get out of here, bird. Go. <laughs> you're free. Yeah, well. Enjoy your avian flu. Should I not have licked my fingers afterwards? (laughs) I think maybe you should go get a shot. I think that when an animal, a wild animal, is misbehaving, you should handle it as much as possible. (laughs) And then prepare a meal. Jeez. For your family. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Steve? You pissing off uh, the neighborhood, catching any wild animal? No, no, you piss me off, too. (laughs) I I know I do. Yes, yes. You know, I I have to, I got to call you on something. Okay. Your approach to the NFL right now pisses me off. <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> so, how about those Seahawks? Hey, no spoilers, man. Okay. I understand if you're talking about a film or a TV show. It's a canned experience that you maybe can't watch all the time. But football is in the fucking air. It is news. You can't say no spoilers about that. <laughs> Any more than you can say, don't tell me what happened in the election. No spoilers. That's horseshit. You cannot say no spoilers about football, man. You just can't. I can, and Unacceptable. I do. It's unacceptable. Look. You're watching the game. I'm going to watch the In game. In real my time. Wife, yeah, because you don't mind sitting through Geico commercials. It's already, if it's already happened, it's already happened. There's nothing that's going to change it. Right, so why not enjoy it? Like, just like, let the experience happen without a whole bunch of wasted time. Because when I'm, you're fucking up my enjoyment. When I'm trying to say, hey, how about those Seahawks? And you go, no spoilers. Well, fuck. <laughs> what, what kind of entitled horseshit is that? I want time and space to bend around me because I'm Gordon. Nah, fuck that. But they do. No, time and space no, they really bend right around me. They really shouldn't. And that pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I tried to be cool about this, too. I didn't make fun of your pathetic-ass football team losing to the lowly Niners. Niners have got, like, their water boy... Their fourth steering quarterback out there. Like, they randomly selected people from the stands to play for them that day. And you guys still lose to them. Okay. Fair enough that maybe perhaps adding to my piss offedness is the fact that the 49ers beat the fucking Seahawks. <laughs> and I couldn't even say anything about it to you because no spoilers. It, yeah, and then overtime, too. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's it's fucking bullshit. You got to stop. <laughs> no. Either that, then you, got to, then you got to go into a safe room because I'm going to be texting from now on. Scores. I'll just set my scores phone Scores 24-7. give a shit. <laughs> I'm going to become like one of those annoying, like, betting bookie guys who's like, I got your three-day lock. I'm going to send you scores constantly. 
<laughs> just because the Seahawks lost to the 49ers. It sucks to be you. I wish I, I could do something about it, but my hands are tied. Yeah. What can I say? It was uh, it was a fun game to watch, which is, you know. Yeah. On, rare. When did you watch it? Tuesday, Wednesday? I watched. <laughs> yes. I finished watching just the game watching about like 20, 20 minutes, minutes ago. After you finished about 20 minutes the game. ago before the podcast. Is that why you're late for the podcast? Because you were watching is it took the you game six from hours Sunday. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me two hours to watch it. You're a fucking asshole. I hate you. You have. Your time is worthless to you. I don't know. I could masturbate to my Star Wars figures some more. Or I could watch a Geico commercial On that again. Note, let's listen to a tune. This <laughs> okay. is. Baby, it's cold outside. Hoth version from there we Stuck go. in a human centipede for Christmas by Kirby Crackle. Enjoy. I really can't but stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've gotta go but away. Baby, it's cold outside. This whole planet is. Desert town. And that's not even counting the breeze. Better warm a tauntauna. You know they don't start with a if key. If we need to, we can sleep in its gut. Well, that just sounds unsanitary. The rebels might think. Baby, it's bad out there. I'm an unstable Everyone land. knows you care. If I don't go now. Like you're trying to hide. At least I'm gonna say that I tried What's the sense in freezing and dying? I really can't stay Baby, don't go out But it's cold, cold outside, outside. I simply must but go baby, it's cold outside I'm not afraid of snow I'm lucky that you dropped it So nice and warm Look out the window at that storm I could have left twice by now But why would you go and hide? I thought that Luke was your guy You couldn't use the force if you tried I don't think that you know what you're saying Why don't you just let me decide? I think the cold has gone to your brain I've never been so sure in my life this is a thing If you stay then you'll find out I'm not giving you a I'm ring. A princess, not a Girl Scout. You're right, we can wait. Morning will be here soon. You'll probably be great. Could you ask Chewie to leave the room? I guess that I could just spend Didn't the night. Didn't think I'd have to struggle with you. There's really no point Why in a fight. Why don't you show me what a smuggler can do? I really should I stay. I should say, baby. Uh, but it's cold. We are back. And once again, that was Baby It's Cold Outside, the Hoth version from the evocatively titled Stuck in a Human Centipede for Christmas by Kirby Crackle. And joining us now on the show is Kyle Stevens himself. How you doing, man? Hey, man. I'm doing great. How are you guys? We are awesome. You know, it's a holiday season. We've got a bunch of awesome music to share. 
But you, man, you have got to be one of the busiest guys in showbiz. I mean, if you take a look at 2018, you recalced your rock band. You released a very heartfelt acoustic album called Suburban Hearts Vigilante Hymns. And then you top it all off with a Christmas album. Do you need a nap? I need the, the nap. I need the nap. <laughs> but hey, I'm on I'm on break. I'm on lunch break from being stuck in a human centipede right now, so I can't complain. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. Yeah. So, uh, what made you uh, come up with the idea of doing a Christmas album? Well, I, I was thinking about it for the past couple of years, and I have all these Christmas tunes sitting around. Some new ones I was writing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, if the world's going to end, I better get this out quick. You know what I mean? So <laughs> This is your so, shot. No. Okay, so it's like, I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> no, um, you know, I really like Christmas music. And, and I took a look at all these songs, and I had like 18 Christmas songs that were either written uh, and recorded or, you know, a third of those hadn't been recorded yet. And so I thought, why don't we all put them in a place to ruin everyone's Christmas? <laughs> That's great. Well, and I like it also as kind of a testament to the range that you have, that you can do a rockin' tune like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You can do some of the acoustic songs like Have Yourself a Vigilante Christmas. And then you can do like some parody stuff like Reindeer, which, you know, you rewrote the lyrics, but it still sounds filthy. It does. It's like... The elves are freaky, and no one wants to talk about that every year, but I'm just trying to wipe away the sheen of mistruth uh, and, and just communicate to the people. I was thinking, like, when you're writing a song like that, okay, I'm going to take a stab at this, but how do you decide if you're going to write it from Santa's point of view, because he's kind of a pimp, or the elves' point of view? Like, how do you make that decision as a songwriter? You know, these are the secrets of the trade, Steve. I just can't know. Uh, I had never written from the L's point of view. Um, and I was, usually it's like, I'll show a friend or I'll show my wife and she's like, oh God, then I know it's good. Like I know it has potential uh-huh. of, what I, of what I want it to do. So her disgust is my happy place kind of. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> well, towards the end of the album, also there is a tune called Into Our Woods We Ride. Dude, since when do you play banjo? Well, you know what? Um, that is a dulcimer, actually. Is it really? And, okay. And so, and so, ask me. Okay, so now ask me. When do you play? Since when do you play dulcimer? Since when do you play dulcimer? Hey, I don't. I just know how to play that song. <laughs> it was like you took <laughs> lessons, and at the end of the six weeks, that was the song you knew. So it goes on the Christmas <laughs> album. Well, it's it's kind of like this thing where I think I forget the tuning right now, but there there's four quote unquote strings, but two little thin wires make up each string. Okay. And I'm not a dulcimer aficionado, okay, but I will tell you that no matter what you do, it sounds good. So <laughs> don't give me too much credit. It was just like, can I play this cleanly? Okay, that's a song. So um, that was a song that was like one of the Patreon songs that I, I put out last year but it always sounded kind of like a christmas jam to me uh-huh. you know so it sounded a throwback bathed in frankincense possibly so that's <laughs> that's i thought it sounded like it belonged on there and it's an instrumental so you know you gotta yeah. put your weird song on there near the end of course yeah it, it totally fits so one of the reasons i think why i thought it was banjo was in addition to the twanginess is that you're playing rhythm and then you're also playing like a lead on one string which you often hear in that type of music as well well, God bless you. That's what it sounds like I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to black out and it's done. And I played back what it was and it was okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so who did the album art? The album art's great. Thanks. That was uh, Matthew Fletcher. And uh, he put that out, let me see, it was like three years ago. 
Um, he's a great artist, and now he teaches uh, at a university in the Midwest, so he's bringing all that Comic Con uh, convention uh, exhibitor experience to the to the real world. That's why I met him on the road for many years, and and so he did that album cover when I had that single out. Uh, I believe it was in 2000. 15 i put the human centipede song out and i thought that the single was such a good piece of twisted artwork that i wanted to definitely use that for the album cover in the name if i ever did an album <laughs> so that was kind of a no-brainer um and my favorite part is like everyone's still wearing sweaters in that picture like the more i look at it even years later i, I notice different things <laughs> nice yeah, and I was kind of worried it was going to be flagged by iTunes because they're like, hey, you can't have anything too messed up. But I think it's just, it gets, let's say the end of the centipede gets smaller with depth. <laughs> and so I don't think they really knew what was happening there. Exactly. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, and I was I was wondering about that, too. It's like, how do you sit down to write a song? Like, did you just finish a marathon at 2 in the morning and you're like, I got to let this music out of me? Or did you wake up early one morning and you're sipping your coffee and you're like, yeah, human centipede, let's do this. I think it was just something I was singing in the practice studio, uh, practice space of the band. <laughs> and every time I did it, I, I know my guitar player at the time, Patrick, he would say to me, dude, stop, just stop this, please stop it. And it was like, it was a visceral, emotional reaction. And, and so I'm like, well, there's something here. And it's like, I'm a fan of the movie, but I'm just, I'm not like someone who's seen it 20 times, you know, yeah. but I'm a fan of just the, the fact that someone even thought of that. And so I thought it needed to be celebrated a little bit more. Uh, and then um, the movie studio actually retweeted it the other day, and then Tom Six retweeted it. Really? Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. And, and I was like, oh, my God, I did not expect that. So we've come full circle since <laughs> it was first written. And that was actually part of the uh, um, Cars Against Humanity Twisted Christmas series that they did that year. Oh, really? I had that song sitting around, yeah. Wow. And they said, hey, do you, do you have any song just sitting around, or you want to write a song that might go with our brand? I'm like, hmm, yes. I have just a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, see, yeah, the line that's just totally messed up for me is everybody's cool, so I'm skipping breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go with these guys. <laughs> that's right, the, yeah. The part, the part that I kind of get, I, I, I get embarrassed slash pat myself on the back is the bridge when it says, when you say, hmm, I know you're yeah. wishing me Merry yeah. Christmas. And that's a, that's a, <laughs> that was a maybe a little too far in retrospect, but... <laughs> Maybe that's what works about it. I don't know. But if you're doing a human centipede song, I mean, you're already there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind that, of like... That's not, not when that you're taking ever... your foot off the pedal. That's all I'm saying. No, just go. Commit or, or not. <laughs> and it's like when I, you know, not to even say I'm even an inch in these league of songwriters like this at all, but one thing that I know a lot of songwriters try to do is pay attention to is stuff that the Beatles were famous for, which is they put sing-songy happy vibes with messed up words. Yeah. So those, so those two yeah, things Maxwell, click Silver together. Hammer, sure. Yeah, yeah. And like any time that, that, you know, a songwriter is able to do that, we have to try. You know, so <laughs> I think that was an example of on a minuscule level, it, it worked like that. But I just got to say, I, I, I saw the Bandcamp link. I picked it up. I put it on when I was driving to work. And by the time I got to work, I just had a big smile on my face. It's a delight. Well, good. And well done. It's, it's totally Thank fun. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. So uh, what do you got planned for 2019? Well, uh, by the time this uh, airs, uh, I will have announced that I'm going up to Calgary for my first non-convention show uh, performance. Nice. So Calgary's been really good to me, and I've been trying to find a way to get up there in a way that makes sense outside of Comic-Con. So I'm going to be up there on January 17th. Um, just really looking to play more live this year. Like, 
like you said, I did a lot of like reformatting of my live band this year and did a lot of um, kind of non-Kirby Crackle shows just to kind of experiment and, and do some different tastes with my music. But mm-hmm. I think I just want to get back to doing what I feel like I do the best. And, and for me, that's playing live and, and connecting with people. And this year kind of went by like that. So uh, no I, kidding. I, I wow. don't don't want to recreate that again. I want to play a lot this year. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, we'll be looking forward to uh, hearing more from you in the next year, man. Thank you. Once again, Kyle, where can our listeners find your stuff? Well, you can find me at kirbycracklemusic.com. Uh, that's the hub where you can find all the links to physical album sales, all the digital links, uh, YouTube slash Kirby Crackle Music for all my videos, and Instagram at uh, user tag Kyle Stevens. Nice. All right. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bash Show. Kyle, what pisses you off, man? What pisses me off? Uh injustice and apathy towards it that's fair yeah i'll accept that so you can see how long i had to think about that (laughs) that sounded like a canned answer man i don't know (laughs) and also motherfuckers so you know it kind of goes hand in hand there you go okay it is the bone bat show so i I think you nailed that you nailed the dismount sir okay (laughs) landed all righty uh well uh, why don't you introduce this last tune for our listeners All right, this last tune, uh, this is called I'm Trapped in a Human Centipede for Christmas. Um, No matter where you are, it's important to make friends. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us on the show, man. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Always a pleasure to speak with you, my friend. Thank you. Woke up in a hospital bed Straps across my legs and my arms and my head Some would say I'm better off dead But me, I see the positive in most things, I guess I'm stuck in a human centipede for Christmas Walking on my knees with my new best friends Everybody's cool, so I'm skipping breakfast All the joy and cheer feel it sinking in Never thought I'd feel this way again Carolyn, we sing loud and bright Beats the other choice, which is crying all night Some would say I'm losing my mind But when else could we make up games like train snowball fight? I'm stuck in a human centipede for Christmas Walking on my knees with my new best friends Everybody's cool, so I'm skipping breakfast All the joy and cheer feel it seem Never thought I'd feel this way again When you say mm-hmm, I know you're wishing me Merry Christmas When you say mm-hmm, oh, Happy Holidays to you too Woke up in a hospital bed Straps across my legs and my arms and my head I'm stuck in a human centipede for Christmas Walking on my knees with my new best friends Everybody's cool so I'm skipping breakfast All the joy and cheer feel it sinking in I'm stuck in a human centipede for Christmas Walking on my knees with my new best friends Everybody's cool so I'm skipping breakfast All the joy and cheer
Hey, this is Kyle Stevens, a.k.a. Kirby Crackle, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Stuck in a Human Centipede for Christmas from Kirby Crackle. Thanks to Kyle for joining us on the show all the way from Hawaii. We appreciate him making the time this holiday season. Once again, you can find his stuff at kirbycracklemusic.com, both uh, links to download the albums. I might add that the... uh, Stuck in a Human Centipede for Christmas is Name Your Price. So we always like it if you support the bands and uh, throw a few bucks their way. But uh, you can potentially get this as his gift to you this holiday season. That's pretty cool. I also have a link to their Patreon there for a couple of new tunes every month if that interests you as well. So, dude, uh, you got any weird stuff this week? You know, Steve, I do. I believe you're familiar. I do. Me, yeah. I believe you're familiar with the band Cannibal Corpse. I am. I guess the guitarist for the band had a little run-in with the uh, with the law, and they discovered more than 80 firearms and three skulls found in his burning home. What happened is a neighbor complained that uh, the guitarist for Cannibal Corpse, Mr. Pat O'Brien had wandered into their house and was uh, rather belligerently going on and on about uh, the end of the world, the apocalypse. And despite being asked politely to leave, would not do so. Uh, They summoned the local authorities who encouraged him to leave. He did not want to leave, so he did the next logical thing, and he he charged a deputy with a knife. So they tased him. Yeah. Picked up a knife. Maybe he had a knife already. I don't know. His rejoinder was blade-based. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Charged the deputies with the knife, and they tased him and tased him and tased him. And while they were doing that, uh, the guy's house caught fire. Keep in mind, he's at a neighbor's house, brandishing a knife and getting tased. Meanwhile, over there, his house is now on fire. So... The uh, fire department was called because they, they had him under control, but the fire department couldn't really go in and put the whole thing out because all the ammunition the guy had stored at his house started going off, and so they had to back off. And when it was all said and done, they found a couple of flamethrowers, 80 different firearms, one of which was a sawed-off shotgun, a couple of Uzis, some AK-47-style weapons, whatever the heck that means, and uh, all around interesting time in the neighborhood for the guitarist of Cannibal Corpse. No news on how that's going to affect his upcoming tour with uh, Cannibal Corpse as the supporting act for the 2019 North American leg of the Slayer tour. (laughs) No news on who the new guitarist for Cannibal Corpse is. (laughs) Right. Wow. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. He's officially charged with aggravated assault of a law enforcement officer with a deadly weapon and burglary of an occupied dwelling with assault or battery. It's interesting because The Book of Bad Decisions is a clutch album. It's not a Cannibal (laughs) Corpse release. It could be a biography for the guitarist of Cannibal Corpse. I want to know what kind of skulls. It says it was very vague on that. You know, the, the news reports I read talked about skulls but they didn't say if they're human skulls mastodon skulls i well, want to know you know cannibal corpse tours the world maybe they hit those uh, skeleton farms in india as discussed in the 
Return of the Living Dead documentary. That is a documentary, right? It is. All it the is things a in this movie are true. Yeah. True. It's real. Return of the Living Dead, Split Dogs. Yeah. Don't don't Try believe Oxen, it. Two Four Five. Yeah. 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 Just read the movie. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Yeah. So there's that. That is. That's just, my weird shit. That is weird. That's suitable. Sorry weird. about your band. <laughs> All right, dude, uh, why don't we listen to a tune? Let's do it. Uh, This is from Kimo Meraki, local musician in Seattle, who is also uh, one of the guitarists and vocalists in Supersonic Soul Pimps, who played our 2016 film festival. Uh, He just released a brand new album called Ukulele Christmas, and this is his take on the standard Blue Christmas. Enjoy. I'll have a blue Christmas without you I'll be so blue thinking about you Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree Won't mean a thing if me and when those blue snowflakes start falling when those blue blue memories start calling you'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white oh but I have a blue from Kimo Meraki and his brand new ukulele Christmas release. Joining us now is one of his bandmates in another fantastic band, the Supersonic Soul Pimps, the one and only Otto Eroticized Jackson III. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. What's up, Steve? We are thrilled to have you back on the show. It's been too long. Way too long. It's been a long time. How long has it been? It's, uh, well... Three years since you guys played. At yeah, the film it was before Fest. you yeah. played our uh, our film festival, 2016 version. That was, man, that was three years ago. Wow, I was just telling uh, some people at my bar tonight that I thought it was last year. <laughs> you know how time flies. 
So tell us about your tour, man. I hear that you uh, guys are firing up the engines once again this winter. Oh, yeah, man. We've been working on our new vehicles, and uh, we're ready to fire it up, man. We've got quite a tour uh, ahead of us, man. It's going to be pretty intense. So were you in, uh, what, worldwide or Pacific Northwest? Where are you headed? Man, well, first, we're going to go, head to Baghdad for a second for a surprise <laughs> visit. We're going to visit the troops, show our respect and our support. And then right before we pull out of Syria here in, in a couple of weeks, so we're going to do a surprise visit there. Last time we showed up, those guys told us never to come back. But this time we're going to sh- do a surprise visit so they don't have a chance to tell us not to come. <laughs> and we're going to play the same songs that they booed us off stage before. But we just wanted to give them an inspiration to get the hell out of that country. There you I go. think that's that's wise. Good call. <laughs> because people yeah, in the Middle East, in a war zone, they love a surprise. Oh, yeah. And they, they hate the soul pimps. Because <laughs> we're, we're way too liberal for those dudes. And then after that, we're going to go, uh, uh, we're going to head into Paris. We're going to show our support for the Yellow Jackets. We're going to fight against the EU. <laughs> that's our trip. We okay. believe in sovereignty. You're going to do a, like a yeah. like a surprise pop-up show like in the channel? Sort of the <laughs> yeah, Brexit well, They won't thing. let us in the channel because uh, we, we had some problems there last time we were in, in town. We have to take boats now. They won't let us in the channel anymore. <laughs> so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do an impromptu show. We hooked up with these, uh, with these farmers, so they got this manure truck that they're going to pull us in on with. And uh, we're going to be pulling out of the back. We're going to be rocking out, and we're going to be spraying manure all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'd, we thought we'd uh, end our tour up with that because, you know, it'd be the ultimate highlight for, you know, our show. But we, we are going to do one more trip. We're going to go over to uh, – we're going to head into Russia for a second. We're going to go to Siberia and uh, go do a visit up there at one of their deepest, darkest prisons. And uh, we signed all these waivers and stuff. Like if you're kidnapped, if you're being raped and all this stuff, there's nothing we can do to help you, basically. So we signed all these waivers and said all this stuff. Uh, we were going to do it, but then they had this huge riot and the place burned down. And uh, so we don't have a place to go up there. So what about Ukraine? You could just swing down to Ukraine. Oh, yeah. No, I got some Ukrainian friends, man. They're all mathematicians, very smart people. I'm uh, surprised they let you there. back in, the Soul Pimps back into Russia after last time. You've yeah, pl- well. You've played there before, right? Well, yeah, we got into a little trouble that time, too. But we changed uh, we changed up our names a little bit on our passport, so we were able to slip by because, you know, they, you know these, these borders being so porous, we were able to slip in pretty easily. And then we were supported by the local musicians, you know. They, they helped us out with the, with the instruments and everything, and they were really cool. So we're going to try to do that one more time, you know, and uh, we've got an album in the bag. It's been done for about, I don't know, seven to ten years now. It's complete, <laughs> but the the, uh, the record label, they're holding it out right now. They're waiting for the perfect time to release it. And uh, I think I heard them one or two times saying something like they're waiting until the end of the world before they release it. But I thought they were kind of considering, like, you know, if we got into, like, a big war or something, they would release it for inspiration off the end, you know, put it on the airwaves. You know, That's, help, that's help like drive. what you hear as the TVs go to static? Yeah, ex- absolutely. That's Then our songs will start coming on the air and, and bringing hope back to civilization after it's been destroyed. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. That's intense, wow. man. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, we got some cool shows coming up too, man. We're coming up to Seattle, so I'm, I've been out in Chicago. I got some stuff going on out here, man. It's pretty cool. 
I've only been here a few years, but I've, I've learned to call it hella noise. That's what it is, man. It's hella noise. You know why people are so drunk in Illinois? Why is that? It's hella noise. <laughs> but I am coming back to Seattle. We're going to do some gigs, man. I got a gig coming up at the High Dive, with the Soul Pimps, Supersonic Soul Pimps, January 25th at the High Dive. And then we're going to cruise south down to the Pitch Wood, which is down in Raymond, Washington. And it's the home of our fan club. Since, since the early 90s and all those kids that used to love us are now adults have kids own clubs and that's why we're going down we're going to play in one of the clubs down at Pitchwood nice at the Pitchwood down in Raymond and that's on the 26th and after that we're going to go uh, we're going to go down to Mexico man we're going to play a gig down in Mexico and that's going to be uh, probably our last show ever <laughs> <laughs> you always well, where say in that. Mexico are you gonna go? Sayulita, Sayulita Music Fest. So from Syria to Sayulita. Absolutely. We have we fly into Puerto Vallarta. I get picked up by a white van, and I have no idea who's picking me up. Last time I got picked up down there, they put me in one van. Said, "Oh yeah, sure, put your stuff here." And they're like, "No, come on, you got to go in this other van." And that was the last time I saw that bag for oh, about no. a week. <laughs> and it, like literally hours before my show started they figured out that the band that was headlining the show was secretly holding my stuff hostage and we negotiated there was a little bit of weed transaction they got my stuff back and I was able to uh, pull off our gigs at the last second but that's hmm. how the supersonic soul pimps do it because we're badass and we can handle our shit <laughs> <laughs> is it Sayulita or is it see you later <laughs> it could be see you later you never know. You it might want to check into that. how many tequilas you had. It's a beautiful little town, little surfing community. You like to surf, you go down to Sayulita, get a nice little shore break, and you can go out to this point, which has a beautiful, nice, goofy foot curl. It's beautiful. You guys can have some fun out there and see some great music. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about these new jams you got coming, this this album. When can we expect to hear some of that? And what can our listeners expect to hear when it comes? That's a great question. Tell you the truth, it's been so long since I've heard the songs, I can't remember them all. <laughs> uh, seven years. That's not going to interfere with the concert at all, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure uh, how many songs we recorded, to be perfectly honest. A lot of our time is spent in the studio is timeless. And when we do stuff, it just kind of goes and floats out into the ethereal. And I'm not ready to pull it back in yet. So okay. I can't quite remember, but I do know it's fantastic. We've got some great stuff that we came up with out of the blue. Well, I absolutely I mean, look forward to it. It has nothing to do with our ability. I mean, you know, no, it, you know we're incredibly talented. However, Otherworldly we, talented. We, we, pull, we pull most of our inspiration out of the ether. <laughs> Because that, with that alien blood, you can just tap into that ether, right? Yeah, we are in tap with that. You know, it's, it's you know we're in tap with the sub level of the universe, and so we are we're, we're, we are getting messages from you know trillions of light years away in an instant. But they're not just any messages; we, they're funky no, messages. No, they're mostly just really fucked up messages. People get some <laughs> fucked up thoughts trillions of miles away. I tell you, it's no different than here on Earth. <laughs> Stuff I'm getting. I mean, I'm not. I'm getting like I'm not getting the cream, man. I'm getting the stuff that settles to the bottom right now. And then, and as soon as my psychic ability gets better, I'll start getting that cream. But right now, all I'm getting is that stuff that just settles to the bottom, 
and you know we're kind of like you know sculpting just slurping off the bottom and creating music out of it so ethereal sediment if you will absolutely i do have a sentiment for the ethereal (laughs) brilliant all right man but before we let you go we had a question we always ask all of our guests here on the bone bash show Otto, what pisses you off man what pisses me off that's a great question that's why we ask it huh that's a good question you know what pisses me off what fact that i don't know what pisses me off that's delightfully meta there's so many things that piss me off you know actually i i usually do the pissing people off and i don't get pissed off (laughs) it's kind of a preemptive uh, strike it's not a purpose it's just like a you know it's a it's a you know it's a character flaw i guess you know and and i only have one feeling so it's really i just you know, I'm just like a giant shield of, you know, I'm a shit deflector. So <laughs> I'm like a snowplow in, in, in the universe, but instead of snow, I'm, I'm plowing shit out of the way. <laughs> and I'm making, I'm making a road for the supersonic soul pimps to fly through space and time and create what is before us, which is shit. That'll come in handy on the manure spreader. That will. Yeah, that's that was another thing. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's immediately the first people that we contact when we got and we called the farmers because we we've seen them spray shit on you know on the consulate and stuff before, mm. you know, protesting you know their various taxes and stuff imposed on them by people that aren't elected. And, you know, I thought it, it was a great you know great way to express what the supersonic soapings are coming from because not only are are we we not only do we come from shit but we plow shit and. <laughs> We push shit out of the way so new shit could come in and create more shit. Well, you know, the, the good thing about manure is it's like free-range organic confetti. <laughs> that's, what I, that's, what, that's exactly what it looks like. It's, it's flying beauty. You know, I've got a couple songs. I actually wrote a, um, an EP just on, based on, you know, sh- you know, shooting shit out of, a, out of a blower truck at, you know, at, at government offices. He got shot down by the record label and pretty much, uh, you know, goes into the, the vesticles of I love my car, my queen, you know, it's, you know <laughs> just <laughs> it's just the drummer. What the fuck does he know? You know, but uh, I am the driver of the plow, you know, so I am pushing the shit out of the way for my brothers behind me to take care of business. All right. Well, uh, where once again, can our listeners find your stuff? I believe we're still on Spotify. I'm not sure if we're banned yet. Uh, and we're on <laughs> iTunes right now for now. Okay. They haven't heard the next album, so we're we're not banned off that yet. And uh, I'm sure there's other other places uh, of uh, ill repute that you could find our albums. And there there is another one in the bag. We just got to get this fucking shit record company. I'm gonna push the shit out of the way, all the way up to the record company, and I'm gonna go jump out of my truck, and I'm gonna tell you, you shit fucks, you need to release our album, and uh, hopefully that works. I mean, that's my plan right now before, uh, you know, that's how I'm going to get psyched up for these gigs. And uh, hopefully I'll have some good news to bring to the band when I show up in Seattle, you know, that awesome. maybe we won this fight. All right. Well, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next tune, man? Oh, this next tune is Ho, Ho, Ho. You know, what's funny about that is that I completely forgot that we even did a Christmas song. Because <laughs> uh, it was immediately banned. <laughs> It was banned. And, it was this that uh, quick. Banned by by Christmas. Christmas banned. It was banned by my family. Yeah, they didn't want to hear it. They were completely <laughs> embarrassed by it. Absolutely. And I think um, 
there might have been, you know, some repercussions because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer married to that woman after I played that album. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, uh, but the kids are fine. The kids are great. They, I, I, they still think the song is shit, but they still give me hugs at night. Oh, that's good. All right, it's pretty folks. cool. My little aliens. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll check this out once again from Supersonic Soul Pimps. This is Ho Ho Ho. Ottawa Radicize. You're listening to The Bone Bat Show. Merry Christmas.
right, folks, once again, that was Supersonic Soul Pimps with Ho Ho Ho, a unreleased single from 2011. I hope you enjoyed that. Once again, you can find their stuff at supersonicsoulpimps.com. Again, January 25th at the High Dive in Seattle. That's going to be a good time. The, uh, the tagline for the show is Frozen Alive in Four Sickening Flavors for 2019 Tour. So you've got that to look forward to. And if you're in awesome. Sayulita, Mexico, why wouldn't you go to the Festival Sayulita? Really? No shit. If you're there that sounds and like you a, don't go to that, that sounds like a what really the hell good are you time. Doing? It's time to reevaluate some life decisions. Absolutely. And following that, Gord, we have a special holiday treat from Conan Gonzalez of Ex Mortis. You know how I love to shred, and he just released the entire Nutcracker suite on guitar uh, under the name Conan's Conquest, and uh, it is freaking great. So uh, we played the overture there up front, and uh, you can get the entire thing for a mere $5. If you dig guitar at all, it is fantastic. You can hear a little more as we chat here, but uh, wow, just mind-blowing stuff. Once again, his guitar playing is dazzling, and uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. You can get that at conansconquest.bandcamp.com. So, dude, multimedia triage. All right, yeah. What are you, you know digging what I've been on? Doing? In addition to some of these shorts I'm watching, which have been mind-blowing, as well as some shorts that I'm watching that have been somewhat less than mind-blowing, and one that actually made me physically feel briefly like I was going to throw up. Oh, was it Mouse 2? <laughs> Dude, this, yeah, it was. It... <laughs> oh, fuck. You shouldn't even tell people. You shouldn't even, you, that's enough talking. Okay, no, it was not Mouse to be 2. ready for, for it. I have a feeling, though, Steve, when you see this, you will know that I, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> not only that, this, you know, the, the thing is, much like Mouse, this is a movie where I reached out to the director and said, hey, I understand you have a film. I'd really like you to enter this film into our film festival for consideration. I'm not saying you'll be in the film festival, but I would like to see your work, share it with my friend Steve, and together we'll decide whether or not to put it in front of a whole bunch of people. And then I watched this movie, and I went, Jesus Christ, shit, what have I done? <laughs> not the first time. Not the first time. Yeah, so in addition to that, I watched uh, a little flick called Trench 11. It's, have you heard about this one? You're usually more up on these things than I am. I have uh, not. Is that a spider with extra legs? Trench 11? Trench 11? Trench 11? <laughs> like a tarantula? No! <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> it's a World War One zombie flick. Because World War Two zombie flicks, they've been done, right? So... Let's let's take a step back. Go World War One. Uh, it's it's getting towards the end of the war. The Germans have just been pushed back, and so there's a new section of of trenches, German trenches and uh, headquarters and fortresses beneath the ground that are suddenly exposed, okay. and they, they've you. got some sort of super weapon base going on there that they failed to you know, hide or blow up. And so British intelligence catches wind of it. But this section of 
of the forest is now controlled by American forces. So they have to get American infantrymen, like three GIs, go in there with these two British intelligence officers and a Canadian tunneler. One of these guys that basically lives underground doing one of the worst jobs possible. And they've got to go see what is in this German super weapon base that's deep underground. It's zombies, of course. Yeah, but it's is a cool it good? take on it. Is it good? It, yeah, it's good. I liked it. I'm not saying it's going to change your life. It's it's not as good as Overlord. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a cool movie. I saw it on Netflix via Blu-ray disc. So I don't think it's streaming. You have to actually use hardware and, and postage and stuff to watch this. But uh, you'd like it. I think I think you'd dig it. Cool. I will keep an eye out for it. Thanks, man. Yeah, you bet. It'll probably be streaming. These things usually do. And then uh, something new I've been sticking into my ear holes. Are you aware of Wolverine, The Long Night? Oh, the podcast. Yeah. I just started listening to that. I listened to the first two episodes. It is good. Is it all it's- public? I thought it was on like a, a channel you had to pay for, like a Marvel-only podcast channel or something like that. How are you listening to it? Well, it's brought to you by Stitcher and Marvel. Oh, okay. But I got it just on my regular podcatcher. Just oh, okay. anyone can go listen to it. I think it's like 10 episodes long. Season one is. Maybe they're giving away season one in hopes that you'll buy season two. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But just whatever. I think you can get it on iTunes or Stitcher or Android podcasts or however you get your podcasts. And... Two episodes in, the the story is is cool. The voice acting and uh, sound design are, are top notch. It's it's pretty kick ass, at least thus far. So I'd say check that out if you're looking for some podcast to listen to that's not necessarily going to uh, inform you. If you just want to be told a story, there you go. Hmm, okay. Wolverine, the long guy. Wasn't that a comic too? Wasn't it like Batman: The Long Night? Well, there was the Long Halloween. Was a Batman? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like in twelve issues or something like that, which is like this big epic tale. Some of which I think they've repeated on the uh, Gotham TV series. But uh, yeah, huh? Interesting. I will have to give that a listen. And then uh, I've been playing the DLC for BattleTech Flashpoint. Yeah, which is pretty fun. You know, I'm already in the bag for that game. It's turn-based strategy, big-ass mechs shooting each other, punching each other. Some new mechs get introduced, and one of the things I did not like about Battletech was it didn't matter what the mission was, you should always just put in your biggest, heaviest units you have. And now there's some missions that you can go to where it makes more sense to use your zippier, light. Yeah, lighter units that that could get completely blown apart by one shot, but it makes sense to have them in. And then they have these flashpoint missions where you go and you do a mission, but it doesn't quite end. You have to start a new mission with your already beat up, shot up group. There's no fixing up in between. Mm-hmm. And so you'll do several chain missions together where as you go on, you maybe you lose one of your mechs. Maybe the first part of the thing you're, arm gets shot off and then you got to go through the whole rest of it missing an arm it's it's a challenge hmm, okay so you know if you're the kind of person that's into battle tech then you should get the battle tech dlc if you're not then you should not get the <laughs> battle tech dlc it would be stupid what are you doing yeah 
Hey, you like stupid hard games on uh, Steam, right? So they tell me. <laughs> I'm playing a game right now I just picked up on sale called Frostpunk. Have you heard of that one? Oh, didn't I tell you about that one? I don't know, it's... but it's kind of tough. Uh, you play, uh, it's kind of this steampunky version of a uh, resource management game where you've taken a bunch of survivors out into the frosty tundra and... It's a, a hard bit in life where you're trying to get this steampunk cold generator running enough to keep everybody alive. And you micromanage your uh, survivors and have them like mining coal and chopping up uh, frozen trees to keep wood going. You have to keep them happy and healthy, prevent disease from happening. And No, uh, all those things happen. This yeah, very first game, I, I think I've already lost it. <laughs> so I'm gonna the have to restart. Things are going poorly, and you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I'm not fucked yet, but I'm going to be. <laughs> so you've played it? I have not. It's been, it's one of those games I keep thinking like I should get that. I like games about misery where it's not very fun and it's really hard. This is the game for you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of a you know. Yeah, and I could never finish Darkest Dungeon. How about this? Yeah, I'll probably get it. Yeah, you so, should. You like it? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's cool. Okay, and cool. The, the flavor is great. Like the cutscenes and stuff is awesome. It's got a great vibe to it. Good sound. Good music. It's just hard. I got to get my head around the strategy for it so I can I can dig in and uh, really have some success. Because right now it looks tough. Yeah, your downfall with games sometimes is that you don't really read the directions. You're much more likely just to jump in and try to kill everything. Well, this is you like there's wanna... there's nobody to fight, man. It's you against the elements, at least so far. So, you know, it's just a matter of, oh, shit, I put too many people into getting coal. And then all of a sudden I realized I didn't have a medical facility and people are getting diseased. And so I pulled the people off coal so I, they could bring in some wood. And then the generator's eating coal so fast that everybody's going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone dies, yeah, freezes, so. the end. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I probably would. A couple of movies I saw recently. Uh, took the kid to go see uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. It was all right. I mean, yeah. you like the eye-poppingness of Pixar. That's always entertaining. And, you know, I like John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman. Also, the woman who played Wonder Woman is the uh, kind of star oh, of the... Yeah, Gal Gadot is the uh, voice actor who plays the woman who runs the uh, post-apocalyptic racing game, which is kind of cool. But uh, at the end of the day, it was just kind of, eh. Uh, did you see it? Nah, I saw Wreck-It Ralph, and I was pleasantly surprised because I had very low expectations. Yeah, it's no not desire as good, to see it. Not one. as good as Wreck-It Ralph. There is... One point though, where he's in uh, Ralph is in the internet and he's trying to find a virus because he's lost his friend to this apocalyptic racing game, and the the office that sells viruses. There's this little wormy guy named Gord, which just kills me. He was probably <laughs> the best character in the movie, and he's named after you, which is so funny. Then the funniest thing is the biggest laugh I got out of the whole movie is in the credits. Like, there's really? a, a cut scene that was an alternate trailer, I guess, for Wreck-It Ralph, like a preview trailer, and yeah. it was fucking sick and fucked up and hilarious, and I loved it. 
and it was better than anything in the whole movie. So you can you can definitely find this trailer if you look for on YouTube for Wreck It Ralph preview trailer and watch it. There's a game that's in the movie called Milkshakes or Pancakes, and it's it's just fucked up. You got to see it. Okay. The other I'm movie, uh, Julie wanted to see something artsy, so we went and saw Alfonso Cuarón's new movie, uh, Roma. Have you seen anything about this? Uh, I've heard that it's beautiful and amazing, and that didn't really make me want to see it. It's beautiful, and it's amazing. It's not the kind of movie I would normally dig, but the sound design in this movie is preposterous. So you yeah. would like it for that again. I mean, this is the guy who did Children of Men. You remember the explosion in the cafe at the start of that movie? Mm, yeah. That was so great. Like, even just right now, you can remember how the sound was done. It was awesome. And imagine two hours and 15 minutes of that. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a very a slice-of-life movie about a woman who's a servant in Mexico to a well-to-do family. And it's happening in 1971, I believe, so it's early 70s, and the politics and the violence that was happening during that time in Mexico. And there's a lot of symbolism and metaphors and things like that. And it's very interesting. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're a fan of, like, pure cinema, you should definitely go see it. And the, the sound design's ridiculous. It's really good. All right. But overall, I didn't enjoy it as much as, like, Children of Men, which to me had more of a you know, story, story. Whereas this is kind of a, okay, this is this woman's life. So your mileage may vary. Okay. Noted. So, See? uh, yeah, oh. I was just trying to think, oh, figure it. out. So, uh, yeah, one thing, last thing I want to mention is, uh, I've been picking up a few guitar straps, uh, lately for my various guitars. And I have to say couch guitar straps are awesome. This is a company that takes a uh, old automobile upholstery and yeah. makes them into cool guitar straps. And so you can get things that are like sparkly or things that are filigreed or things that are just kind of faux leather. Uh, it's all organic. It's all, you know, no animals were harmed in the making of any of these straps. But uh, they're all freaking cool. I have got about five or six of them now, and they're just the best. So uh, if you're looking for good guitar straps, go to couchguitarstraps.com. All one word, or they're dashes, or hyphens, no, or underscores? There's no dashes. And yeah, the Racer X uh, straps are, are fantastic. I've got a couple of those. Well, you know what? If you want to talk about your guitar strap, I'll talk about my new pen. Because I only have 80,000 pens, I always need another one. <laughs> right. I picked up a Zebra brush pen for the first time. And I have a complicated relationship with brush pens. I don't usually like them that much. But god damn, the Zebra brush pen... I got the fine brush. These things are made in Japan. Oh, it is like my new favorite pen. Everyone should own one of these. That It would make the world a better place. You can get itty-bitty, teeny little things. You can do like thick strokes with it. It doesn't feel weird. It fits in your hand well. The ink is like super dense and nice. Way to go, Zebra, man. Nice, nice work. That's what I got. Cool. Oh, yeah. One last thing. Uh, when you're done listening to the Bone Bad Show, uh, if you haven't heard it, you should listen to the ep lat you should listen to the latest episode of the Dead Again podcast. Uh, now, why would people want to do that? Because Kelly and Eric uh, were kind enough to invite me to come on the show 
to talk about the film fest as well as one of my favorite films, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. We had a great time talking movies. Uh, we each had to come up with uh, what we would pair with the film for a double feature, and a uh, good time was had by all. Uh, so please uh, go over to deadagainpod.com and uh, give that a listen. It's a good time. Right on. And that's all I got. Is that all you got? That's all I got. Okay. Well, I think that's enough media for our multi then. Okay. Well, why don't we listen to another uh, tune and get the hell out of here? Okay, let's do it. All right. Uh, this is my friend Miles and his uh, music project, MiloCraft. You can find that at milocraft.bandcamp.com from his 2012 release, Epic Carols. This is his take on Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies.
is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun will shine by day and on the stars at night. Melekeliki Maka is the thing we say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas. Melekeliki Maka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun will shine by day and all stars at night. Melekeliki Maka is the thing we say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas. A very merry Christmas, a very merry Christmas to you. Once again, that was Milo Craft with Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies from 2012, his release Epic Carols. Again, you can find him at milocraft, M-I-L-O-C-R-A-F-T dot bandcamp dot com. Following that, another one from Kimo Meraki from his ukulele Christmas album. It was his version of Mele Kalikimaka, a little uh, Hawaiian holiday music for you there as we close the show. Uh, thank yous. Uh, like to, of course, thank uh, Kimo for allowing us to play his music on the show. You can find his stuff at kimomuraki.bandcamp.com. That's K-I-M-O-M-U-R-A-K-I.bandcamp.com. Conan Gonzalez of Ex Mortis for sharing the Conan's Conquest version of Nutcracker Suite with us. Again, fantastic stuff. You can find that at conansconquest.bandcamp.com. Uh, find his regular gig at exmortismusic.com. As well as Kyle from Kirby Crackle for joining us and Otto from Supersonic Soul Pimps. Uh, also, thanks to Miles from MiloCraft for sharing his music as well. Finally, we would like to thank our backers from the 2019 Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival Kickstarter campaign. Starting with Eric Morgret. Thank you, Eric. Uh, we'd like to thank Nick and Sean Marier. As well as the Creative Fund and Kim. And we'd like to thank DZZ and Randy Katzen. Josh Merrimore and... Jess. Thank you to Kimberly Poole and Sean C. Thomas. And thank you, Diana Flett and Jessica Moore. Oh, Miles. Thanks to Miles Germer from Milo Craft for supporting this year's fest, as well as Chase Baldwin from Tip to Base. And thank you to Mystery Guest One, as well as Ivy Mason. Thank you to Chad Long and Preston Patton, a longtime supporter. Uh, another longtime supporter, Shannon Flowers, thank you. And Kelly Ward, thank, thank you. Thank you to Tiffany Yao and George Huddleston Kohler. And thank you to Melissa and Frank 
as well as Klaus Sprott Kofod. Thank you to Alex Sinclair two times and Tony Vacantios. And thank you, Corey J. Stewart. And thank you, Sophocles Graphus. Thank you to Curtis Lowe and new sponsor, Flame Tree Press, as well as Rich. Thank you, Juanita and Doug Thomas and Lauren Bachman. Thank you to Gordon's good friend from Dragon's Roost Press and Bob Foster. And thank you to Brian Gorham, as well as mystery guest number two. Thank you to Matt F. and Lorelai Shannon. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you to John McGlynn and Gregory Smith, a.k.a. Smitty. Thank you to the aforementioned Don Joling and Tori McCaig. And thank you to Five Monkeys and Claire Swayze. And thanks to Claire Swayze again and Willennium. And thanks to Scott Foster, as well as Lawrence Kurasina. Thank you to Heather and Hardy LaBelle. Thank you, C. Kirkland Pierce, as well as Christy. Thank you to Daniel Hickey and Clarissa Jacobson of Lunch oh my Ladies gosh. fame. Right on. Thank you to D. Odd and Aaron Burke. D. Odd, of course, from Stalker Farms. Thank you again so much for the support. Thank you to Angela Christensen and Justin Robinson, the Rev in Fuego. And the mighty Bill Beats. Thank you. And to Dennis. Thank you to the irrepressible Julie Ray and Lauren Bachman again. Wow. And thank you, Kevin Lawrence and Andrea Hayes. Thank you to Jim Rowan. Good man. Wow. And the one and only Death Star. Thank you to Josh Bliss and Michael Weingartner. Michael put a show over the top this year, so uh, double thanks to Michael, man. That was awesome. And thank you to Leopold Bushkin and Michael Jelly. And thank you, Will Kadra and Tip to Bass. Thank you to Gigi and David, as well as Chris Dawson Ripley. And thank you, Jerry Cooch and Julie Holberson. And rounding things out, thank you to Sue and Limo and Alan Mortensen. Thank you so much to all our backers for 2019. For making it happen. The giggles and gore happened once again, and we couldn't do it without you. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557. Or you can reach us via email at steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. You can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. And that's it. There's nothing else. You can't find it anywhere else. else. Nope, except for Facebook. (laughs) Uh, There's a Facebook page. The show, the Bone Bat Show podcast, that has a Facebook page. It does. You can also uh, follow the Bone Bat Show on Twitter as well as I'm There as Bonehand. There's lots of new news and posts about the film festival on the Twitter feed, so keep an eye out there. And uh, once again, thank you all for listening. If you like what we do, we really appreciate it. Please spread the word and tell a friend. All right, we got one last tune from Kirby Crackle tonight. This is his uh, take on Genuine's Pony. You may uh, recall that tune. And... uh, This is his version of that. It's called Reindeer, once again, from Stuck in Human Centipede for Christmas 2018. Kirby Crackle, I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one.
I do have a good one. Wow. 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 Christmas, have a good one.